You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Your boy, I'm Welcome to yet another brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. And yep, talking more indie. And this time we're talking about a dope Kickstarter project live right now. Several days to go, but with paydays coming up, you know what I mean? We're going to make this get higher and higher. All right, breaking all them tears and getting all that awesome swag. Let me introduce this amazing creative duo one of them is a local homie from mass that i've been seeing at all the cons you know working his butt off mr keith champagne and hey, his yeah. partner mr ritz oh, how you doing good how about you all right we chilling homie what's popping how you guys feeling yeah and that was like the michael buffer introduction of all the yeah. I'm ready to roll. Well, please don't fight each other. Thank God you guys are on separate rooms because that probably would have had you guys pumped up. You know, Rich would win. <laughs> we'll call it a draw. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for, for hanging out today. You you guys got this dope project out on Kickstarter right now. New Pain 2 1, NPC Jump number one and Undiscovered number one. But we're going to get into that in a little bit because, you know, Comic Crusaders love to know it's a good origin story. For those that are unfamiliar with the creative forces that are being presented to them right now. So let me start. You know, Keith, I've seen you millions of times. I'm going to start with the newbie in in the CC. You know, Rich. All right, Rich, tell us a bit about yourself. Where you from originally? A little bit about where you originally from and the first thing you ever fell in love with in fandom. Oh, gosh. All right, well, born and raised in North Carolina. I live outside of Charlotte right now. The first thing I ever fell in love with fandom would be comics. You know, I was a toddler, not even could read, and I was walking around my house with comics in my hands, and, and my mom was great about reading comics to me and my older brother and, and buying us comics, you know, at a oh. convenience store. So I credit comics with helping teach me to read with the, the, the pictures and the words together. You know, if the word horse is in the panel, it's a Western comic, and there's a horse in the panel. My little four or five year old mind could piece that together. And, you know, I really do credit comics with helping teach me to read. So, yeah, comics was my first and, and foremost love. And the only thing that even comes close is really, I'm a big horror fan on top of that. But so it's comics and horror for me. Wonderful. Was there any particular character that you fell in love with, you know, as you started, you know, falling in love with the uh, medium? Early on, I was uh, like a Captain America fan. It was probably about the, the time, 77 or so. I think Sabu Sima took over for Jack Kirby okay. around 215, 220, somewhere in there as far as the issue number ring, Captain America. And then I randomly came across uh, Claremont and Burns' X-Men just and fell in love with that. that. That became my go-to book. But then over the years, I've really gravitated towards Daredevil. Daredevil has become my hands-down favorite character. Yeah, when it when it came to Captain America for me, it was the Green War run. Mm-hmm. And he introduced so many villains in the Captain America run. I was like, yo, much respect to that man. <laughs> he expanded upon that rogues, rogues 
like, like no other. You know, I don't think he gets the respect he deserves. But a good shot. Great, great picks, man. Oh, the exposure. So, but you're saying you get an exposure. It was Mama, but, you know, uh, was it Mama that brought the first comic in the house? Or how was it even in the house? Who was the reader? Well, that's that's a good question. I, I have an older brother. He's a couple years older. So it wouldn't surprise me if my dad or my mom, one of them just bought the stuff randomly. You know, you know okay. kids kids in the store wanting candy or something else. They're like, well, go grab a comic off the spinner rack. You know, back then, I'd been 20 cents, 25 cents tops. Yeah, when easy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, easy investment to shut the kid up and give him something to take on. So, like I said, I do remember mom reading to me and my brother, but I remember walking around with what I considered my comics in my hands when I was, you know, not even school age. That's crazy. What about you, Keith, man? For those, just I'm familiar, you, Keith. I mean, for those not in the know or aware of, of your legendary status here in the Northeast. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm so legendary. Uh, talk, talk about a little bit about yourself. Where, where, where are you from, OG? And of course, the first thing you fell in love with. So, you know, I don't remember a time in my life when comics weren't a part of, of what I loved. I mean, I, I grew. I don't know where comics came from. I think I probably started out shoplifting them when I was three or four years old. <laughs> I, I love. I love the honesty here. <laughs> yeah, no, just you know, there was a. I visited my grandparents, and there was a little store in the corner in Providence where they lived called Reds. And Reds had uh, penny candy and comic books and magazines and stuff, too. But I, I, I do think I liberated a couple of comics from Reds when I was a little kid. <laughs> uh, you know what? Keith, I want to be honest with you here. I'm talking all this shit, but I liberated a few comic books myself. <laughs> no, I think we all we all have at one point or another. But I mean, I just... You know, and then I remember talking to my uncle, like my cool uncle. I have a lot of good uncles, but like this one was my favorite when I was around that same age, like four or five years old. He will name them if you see that. (laughs) Yeah. And he was telling me, you know, we're talking comic books. And he was like, oh, yeah, I love comics, man. Luke Cage is the best. And I was like, I can't believe like this guy knows who Luke Cage is, too. My uncle knows about that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So that kind of of reinforced me that comics were cool. And uh, I decided I wanted to grow up and be a comic book artist and writer. And so I, I did. But I read everything possible, like, you know, every Marvel DC book, especially through the 80s, which were my prime, you know, reading and collecting years. I think uh, that we had that in our time, Keith and Rich, that in our time, you know, you know, we're, we are men of a certain age. And I think we had an access when it was still affordable. You know, the yeah. collector market really didn't smack yet, you know, on, on the point where it made it unaffordable to get certain things that you w- wish you could read. And now the only way is digital market. But is it really the same? No, it's not when you're a collector, you know? Yeah, no, it's not the same at all. I mean, I, I remember when I was a kid, I'd, I'd be able to pick up bottles on the side of the road and then go take them to the convenience store and turn them in for the, the dime or whatever they're worth a piece. And if I got 30, 40 cents out of bottles I picked up on the side of the road. I could then turn around and go to the spinner rack in the store and, and take a comic with me. Yeah. I was doing anything and everything to get comics. And, Love uh, that. Yeah. Love that. I just spoke to someone telling me this. Someone was telling me exactly the same thing just recently, a creator, where they were saying they were basically collecting bottles, mm-hmm. cans and bottles, exchanging them, and that was their... Uh, that actually, Dave Elliott, there you go, from independent, uh, International Comics Creator. He's here in the U.K., you know, on, on the weekends as a kid, used to buy comics, collecting as many bottles during the week, and then at the weekend, hit the comic shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. There was also, there was a fun scavenger hunt aspect to it, too, back then. 
And that there yes. are pharma shops around. So, you know, well, you go to the grocery store and pharmacy, you know, anywhere, you know, sometimes a yard sale or, or a garage sale and pick up random issues that you're missing from your collection, you know, and fill in the gaps that way. It was always so a fun hobby, not just reading, but the chase well, is also fun. Man, the 50 cent boxes back in the day really meant something. I remember finding the first Pargo for five bucks, you know, um, a whole bunch of great issues, uh, the South Bushama Hulk run you know, in the 200s for fucking 50 cents each. You know, that's not happening nowadays. <laughs> yeah, no. No way. You know, it, it's a good time. So, all right. So I want to go to Rich here. Talk about now stepping into the creative space. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, when did that happen and how did you even know you wanted to do this? Well, I mean, the comics are so popular for me and my brother. I mean, we both collected even young. But for me, I had some artistic talent, so I was always drawing. And that was how we, you know, helped pass our time back in the day. You know, in the, the 70s, you know, there weren't 100 channels to watch on TV. We got three channels. And so we had to amuse ourselves doing something. And so my parents made sure I had markers and a pad of construction paper, whatever. So we were always drawing. And, you know, that led to every kid starts thinking they're going to make their own comic. And I did. I did have a teacher who was very supportive when I was in fifth and sixth grade. And she actually got an interview with the local paper. They did like a little profile on me. And like, oh, this kid makes his own comics. And they showed my artwork in the yeah. article and stuff. So, I mean, that, I had encouragement from my parents, from a, a good teacher who, you know, saw something in me that, you know, to, to push it. And so I just always was making my own comics. You know, in the early 90s, I... I discovered the image comics when they came out and I was like, you know, it was new and exciting and it had a, it definitely had an energy to it that I didn't remember the last time I'd really delved into comics, which was around 88 or so when I kind of drifted off in my collecting when I went off to college, but then I'd found the image comics and it was new and exciting. And it was, you know, all that Jim Lee, I do obviously from the X-Men and Sylvester, their works, I was familiar with them, but it kind of reignited that passion in me. But I, really jumped head first into it in the early 2000s when I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to make a comic and I'm going to get it published in one way or another. I'm going to get on the store shelves. So 2004 or so is when I said, you know what, I'm going to make this comic. I came up with the name first. It came to me out of the blue and I, I retro engineered a book to fit the name. So the furious fist of the drunken monkey hit me as a name first. And I developed a character and concept to fit the name and just work backwards. And so I just started okay. throwing whatever I could into the mix to make it, my intent was to make it fun, funny, and kind of an homage slash parody of whatever was going on at the time. And found a publisher by way of a mutual friend, a small press guys, and they said it was called Imperium Press. They put out a book called Trailer Park of Terror. And they were like, yeah, we'd like to publish it. We'll, we'll put our brand on it, help you get it in the diamond catalog and in the store shelves. So that That's how I jumped head first into it and i appreciate those guys hooking me up with getting me at least on store, store shelves and getting me some of that getting initial exposure yeah. yeah yeah man dig it dig it what about you keith man talk about your journey a little bit you know and, and stepping in and into your creative world and space yeah i mean my path was a little different than rich's in that i'm actually talented and, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> damn <laughs> What love? The love fest here is just insane, I tell you. No, I I always had tunnel vision of, you know, to become a comic book artist. 
I was always a kid in my classes at school that was, you know, drawing in his notebook instead of paying attention. You know, got out of high school, went to a regular college, kind of, you know, took a fine arts program. The teacher was like, you should just leave. Like, we're not teaching you anything that you want to know here. Like, go find some place that teaches you how to do comic books. And so I enrolled at the Cuba School, started there in 91. And the second, my second year at the Cuba School, I, I started making backgrounds of things for, for Tom Mandrake and for a guy named Penn Branch. Nice. And so, you know, by the time my third year rolled around, I was working for Bob Harris in the X-Men office at Marvel. And I was actually paying the other kids in my class to do my homework because I didn't have time to do it all. <laughs> Gangster, bro. So, I would get, you know, kids were paying me to do reports, you know, but you weren't one of my customers because you weren't in New York. No, nah, I wasn't. I wasn't even smart to pay someone for that. But, uh, you know, long story short, I worked at Marvel for about six months. And then right around the time I graduated from the Cubert School, uh, DC more or less poached me. I was sort of like, a, oh, you know, yeah, they think they kind of grabbed me from Marvel and gave me monthly work and put me on a contract. What do you mean? When they poached you, what happened? They grabbed you in the subway, put you in a potato sack, it took you to the and you hired? Pretty much, yeah. And then there was some some compromising pictures and things involved, too. Grandpa, oh shit, bro. That champagne, you know, talking about the champagne room, folks, you know, stories that can't be told. (laughs) No, they can be told on this podcast, but this is the only place to tell them. (laughs) No, so, I mean, I I worked at DC for, you know, almost exclusively for 25 years. Occasionally, Mm, I would cut around and write something else for someone else, or I would, you know, do an issue for of What If for Marvel or whatever. But I always just DC with my home. And now in the past five years, I just sort of, you know, like I said, I Tomcat now. I just do what, what's fun and what's interesting. And it's been a lot of my time on these new pain books to try to build something else up. As you should, as independent creators, because this is, you know, I think the independent creator golden age, if you will, because yeah. you know, it's time for, you know, big two is failing. People, everybody's looking for, you know, what can I read? What can I enjoy? Because this medium is not going to die. It's not. It, no, it, it, you know, it's a beloved yeah. medium. So, and you know, that's that why we need creators like you to, you know, create some brand new shit to keep us hooked like fish. I'm going to bring it up in a moment. But 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 this is what I need to know before we, before we even continue here. It's a story of the pro-man's. Talk about how you guys even met here, man, you know, as professionals and hooked up to, uh, you know, start working together. So Rich was, you know, he's a retired police officer. All right. And that's become, you know, a full-time artist now that he's retired. He actually arrested me at shoplifting comics when I was down in North Carolina. I told him I'd let him go if he gave me a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some other stuff, but, you know, we'll talk about it. Yes. No, I mean, honestly, Rich and I, Rich started coloring through, through a guy, Andy Smith. I was doing a story for Heavy Metal Magazine with, and, oh, yeah. uh, and Andy brought Rich in to color that stuff. And that's where our relationship started was I thought he was a talented uh, color artist. And he said, he's a talented artist too, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it just kind of snowballed from there where I, I would have things, especially as I started New Pain, I started getting stuff going. And I, you know, I need the good colorist he was always right there on the spot for me and has always done a great job and it's also a good guy and easy to get along with and he works hard so what's not to like 
Rich, is that how you remember it? For the most part. He, he, <laughs> he, he dressed it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it was, he mentioned Andy. Andy lives here not too far from me, and I, I got to know Andy through local shows here around Charlotte. Okay. And I, I just, I randomly popped into Andy's house one day for something unrelated to comics, and he mentioned he had a story with Keith that was already, I think, already had been approved, I guess, to go in the heavy metal. And he said he, his colors that he was, I guess, planning on using had kind of flaked out or he's having trouble getting hold of them. And so I said, I'll, I'll be happy to help you. It's only like a 12 page chapter. So I said, I could do that. And he, he made me try it out because he said he never really paid attention to my, my color work. And most yeah. of my books lately have been in black and white. I do the interiors are black and white and grayscale. Okay. So I did a couple of pages, tried them out, sent them to Andy. Andy showed them to Keith. I guess, you know, Keith liked them. So they, they brought me on board for that project that ran in heavy metal. And, and God bless Keith. He's been throwing me stuff here and there over the past couple of years. Oh, beautiful, man. So, so. All right. So, talk about, so how many years is that now? Just two, about two years, right? Yeah. Two, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Great. There you go. See how you build relationships, folks. See that? Yeah, it's all, it's who you know. Well, you know, an important thing for me, Al, and I've mentioned this in several interviews I've done the past year or so, is I'm really making an effort not to work with assholes anymore. And so a guy like Rich that is very easy to get along with and is also very talented, like who, who wouldn't want to work with a guy like that? It makes it easy. It does. Like, I don't want the stress of working with, like, you know, large egos and the small talents anymore. I've you know what, there. And let's talk about talent and and, and, and your dope project. Um, I just want to thank Spectrum for that, that, you know, every once in a while skip. So thank you, Spectrum, for your shitty internet. I just want to yeah. mention awesome. you. Yeah. I feel your pain. Yeah. No, I got Spectrum, right. too. So be, before I do that again, let me show you guys the, the trailer to this Kickstarter that right now, look, 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 let me get into it. 21 days to go, baby. With a wonderful 83 backers. Wow. A big salute to you guys to support independent comics in that level. Much love and respect. Now, flat out of a $3,800 goal. Wepa! The big homie that at 3889 The project is funded. But, folks, with 21 days to go, let's make that up to 10 times, all right? We have... <laughs> Three paydays to go. So, you know, this, 21 days is three weeks. So don't bullshit me. Somebody's getting paid in one of these three weeks where you could throw in some money and support an amazing independent project. You know what? I'm going to show you why. Let's take a look.
There we go, folks. What? 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 Fire Project New Pain. I'm going to back at myself now for that video. Yeah, but it, it is fire. Talk to me. Talk to me. Who are these people here? What is going on? What is jump number one? What is new pain challenge? Talk to me, Konya. I love having these creators here bringing us some new stuff. And then we're going to go through how you contribute to and make it rain. All right, don't be cheap, folks. Let's go. <laughs> You're the best, man. Hey, so first of all, I got to give credit to, to our beloved rob miller who is more or less the art director and the media producer for a new pain who made that video like he does the best job on those videos and i really appreciate everything that he does for us so jump number one uh npc jump NBC standing for new pain challenge uh, is our new series the video kind of explained it you know a brand new hero his first night on the job shit goes wrong the issue ends uh, not with a cliffhanger it ends with a brick wall like there's no way that this story can continue to a second issue and the challenge part that we're talking about here is that throughout the issue uh, there are clues there are hints there are, are red herrings and misdirection uh, as to how this book is going to continue and there's an email address set up it's printed on the inside front cover of the book and we want the readers to play along. Like, you put on your detective okay. cap. If you can, if you submit the right guess, if you're the first one with the correct guess of how we're going to uh, keep this thing going, then they're going to become a speaking character in the second issue of the book. Oh, right. So yeah. that means that if I get in there and do this, you know, you might have a character screaming wepa before you, before they get killed. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, love so, the you know, honesty. You know, it's an it's an attempt to do an interactive comic and have some fun with the readers, Ooh. and and also you know just approach it in a way that's a bit different from a regular you know superhero book. And talk, the who it is. I love the art, man. So cool. Yeah. So the, the layouts are by a guy named Carlos Reno, a foreign artist, and then he I do the finishes, and then Rich does colors. And uh, wonderful. It's a good looking book. I, I, I how, did think. You, how did you find homie? How did I find Carlos Reno? Yeah. So I went to, I was looking for an artist, a layout artist, and I, I went to Joe Prado, who was an anchor for DC, but also is an agent for artists, especially foreign artists. Yeah. And he gave me some samples of different guys, and I really loved Carlos's stuff. And so I hired him on the spot, basically. Oh, fire, fire. It, it ain't no I mean, look at it. Do you blame him? Look at this. Yeah, he he did a great job, you know. See, uh, so this is this is one of our variant covers by by uh, Pat O'Leaf of Marvel and DC. He's doing a Star Wars stuff right now for Marvel. Just did a, a Secret Wars book for Marvel. It's coming out soon too. Oh, well, damn! And then obviously the armor here, very reminiscent of Iron Man's silver and and red armor, which I always liked that design as a kid. Yeah, this more yeah this this looks more like the Bob Layton, right? The 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 the, the late eighties one, not the seventies yeah. one, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I like the seventies one with the round circle and the golden arms. That's the one yeah. I like. That's my. That's, that's the one I grew up on. I'm also very fond of this color scheme when they did that silver centurion armor. The silver centurion. There you go. Yeah. So I was like, hey, let's color it like that. He looks so boxy, though. When I saw that design, Iron Man reminded me of a Volvo. 
Well, and the other suit, he was like a Ferrari man, for real. Like yeah. you went from a Ferrari to a Volvo. I never, I never really appreciate. I liked the stories within Silver Centurion, but I never liked the the, the suit look. No, that was just me. Yeah, and then of course Rich colored that cover right there too. By the way, oh, the you see here is Rich too. The, the I mean, the covering is, is killer though. That's oh, fucking sure. Fuck appreciate yeah, it, bro. And I love that whole 90s, though, the scar, you know what I mean? The, the, the chords. So, I mean, yo, this is comics to me. This, this is where the fun is at. Super, uh, look, oh, sh- who's the, does your lettering? I love that. The differentiation. Oh, look at you, bro. And, and so, why the differentiation instead of keeping it all black and white? White homie got that, the, the, the red or orange letters, if you will. Well, I'm writing his dialogue and I'm lettering it. I like to kind of imagine that. He has a timber to his voice, you know, okay. kind of a mechanical timber. And then I just color matched it to his suit more or less to try to give it some, you know, some consistency. But just to make it feel different from the other lettering. Uh, and, and look at this page right here. Look at the panel usage, cinematic, eye candy, motion, wordplay. You get to see everybody. And and, and in your head, it will run through like wordplay. And it, this is Bam Bam. <laughs> kind of right. I say, uh, a grown-up Bam Bam fucking around with alien gorillas. Holy crap! But what's going on here? I love this. Yo, very covered by Freddie Williams the third. Word, you got Freddie Williams to do a cover? What? I said, yeah. like a cover. Freddie's uh, what, what yeah. do you do from this? And then Andrew Dahlhaus colored this one. Does a really great job over in over uh, Freddie's uh, ink wash stuff. Yeah, bro, this shit is fucking sick. Jesus. Yo, murder. Yo, I, oh, yeah, I was looking at this and I said, I was thinking to myself when I first saw the cover, I don't blame homie's eyes falling out. <laughs> yeah, so that's our, this is the cover to uncover number one, which we haven't really talked about yet. What is our, uncover? What is this? It's a, it's a collection of the variant cover art that we've had done for our books the past couple of years. The, the little slogan I like to use for New Pain is Big Two Talent, Better Books. And uh, <laughs> Yes. We've had a lot I, of I know that. Crete just went, see, this is why he, he's a champagne man, yo. I could see him in, in the champagne room drinking champagne, talking to Marvel, DC. Big, but, yeah, that's yeah. what we do. With the yeah. pinky out. Yeah, with yeah, the pinky out. But uh, so we've had a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends and coworkers from the Big Two jump in and help us out with covers over the past couple of years. And it's all such good-looking stuff. We decided just to collect it and throw it in here as a bonus. So this is Paul Pelletier. Uh, You know, our two signature characters are Electricia, the the electric lady there, and Daybreak, which is the other book that we're doing. Uh, Rich is also always contributing to Daybreak in some way in every issue. And, uh, you know, we wanted to do something fun that plays off the word uncovered, and he did a great job. Yeah, that is fire. Then look at... Wow, so this is the universe of characters you have here within Uncovered? Yeah, it's a small sampling. You got, you know, Doug Monkey's cover for a book called Microscopic. The one in the middle on top is one that I drew that Rich colored for, for Daybreak. The one on the bottom of that is a Kevin West's Daybreak variant. There's a Neil Edwards cover up on top there. And then uh, Rafael Forte, an Italian artist, did that last cover. And we've, yeah. there's like 32 covers in this book by a lot of, you know, big names. That's Ali Garza's variant cover right there. Yo, this looks so sick. And also colored by Rich. 
Damn, a boss, bro. Rich, you're a boss. The defense. Look at this mother. Holy crap. Yeah, that's uh, Rags Morales. And and also Rich Collar that. And also designed the layout of the cover, too. Bro, Rich, what the fuck, boy? You got some skills, son. I got yeah, nothing else to do. I got nothing. That's why Keith keeps throwing me work because I got nothing else to do. I just sit around and wait for him to give me something that I can. <laughs> and the thing is, uh, you know, I don't, I don't do this for a living. I'm not paying my bills with yeah. coloring. So I don't, I'm not in a rush. You know, somebody else may be in a hurry to, you know, the more pages they knock out that day, they get paid more and can move on to the next job. I, if it takes me all day working on it and it one image, I'll do it because I just, I want it to look good. But if it's going to come out like this, I don't fucking blame you. This is fucking post. This needs to be a post like that, right now. That's a really good piece of artwork underneath all the, my crappy colors. So, I mean, that that's. A- I, 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 I'll dare you, bro. You know, I'll dare you. Don't you ever, bro. Not here. That shit is fire, son. And then we got stretch goals. So let's start getting into this, folks. Because, again, mm-hmm. I want to keep these guys too long because they need to keep selling this fire project. I mean, it's it's funded, but we need to reach those stretch goals. So listen, you guys can start for as simple as $1. Who, you know, skip that, 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 that natty ice for the day or, or that cheap coffee, you know, or that donut that snack just a dollar and just support indie for one day do a good deed you know it, it comes back to you tenfold but of course if you're those that need something in your life your digital start as low as seven dollars a pop all right so start doing that to jump onto it you know uncovered as well number one digital with all that beautiful collectible art you know that you could fill your screen with for ten dollars all right we got jump cover A. Uh-oh. Are we getting into print or is it still digital? This is still digital at 10 bucks. All right. You got new paint two and one digital at 15. Digital copies of both new paint present jump number one and uncovered number one. So that's two comics, independent, amazing looking books, folks, for 15 bucks. All right. Then you can start getting into some variants right here with the jump number one cover B. By by Freddie for fifteen, and I guess ships anywhere in the world, y'all. January twenty twenty four is gonna be ready. It's digital. Let's go, let's go. You got the can, uh, key champagne calls Reno Rich Riches right here. Cover cover C for jump number one. Amazing, fifteen bucks. Right cover D, right here again. Keith Reno and Rich fifteen. All right, let's go, let's go. Well, what's this one? We didn't see. I didn't see this one that's prior. My that's my favorite. This is so cool. So that was that was going to be a stretch goal, and we were so happy this morning when I woke up that the thing had funded overnight. That we're like, you know, let's just release Rich's variant cover uh, ahead of time. So we just threw it out there. Word, so it, you just, it's available now. Yeah, available. Now. Not the you see the love here, folks. See how Indy treats you. No other company would do this stuff for you. They said they were so happy with the support. Look at this effort. One thing also, Al, you mentioned I want to touch on is that, you know, the fulfillment date is January of 2024, a couple months away. We never put a book up unless the book's completely done. Like that's, you know, one thing I hear about Kickstarters is when you you back it and then it takes two years to get a book out. That happened with my first Kickstarter six, seven years ago. So now we always get the book completely done before the campaign. And then we try to fulfill it like within the next month. All right. Let me tell you right now the anniversary. Let me see when I was supposed to get that. Hold on. When it started. 
I want to tell you something here. Just, you know, you, you guys are going to laugh. So let's see. When when did that campaign actually effing start? All right. So I contributed to, damn, 2018. I contributed to, oh, shit. It is 10 years now. 10-year anniversary. I am still waiting for Rob Liefeld's Brigade Number 1 from Kickstarter. Ten years later. Yeah, ten That's years. Crazy. And, and, you know, I think that I kind of keep tabs on that a little bit, that project. And I think he has fulfilled copies to some people. But I've never seen an image. He claims this. I've yeah. never seen an image. Show me a picture that this exists that's not coming from your studio, homie. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple like that that are kind of infamous for never uh, fulfilling. Bro, 10 fucking years. Are you, and you, know, you want your money back? No, motherfucker. I want the book at this point because that shit better be fucking like gold lace right now. Now we're entering <laughs> after 10 years, you know? Oh, man, don't be fucking with me. But give me my book. All right. So besides that, at least, look, you heard them, folks. They got your book ready. Do the campaign, campaign over, and after the holidays, because again, they don't want your book to get lost in the madness of the holidays. This is why they most likely do in January. You know what I mean? Safer, safer shipping, folks. <laughs> That's when you're going to get it. Show the love, bro. Right here. Again, digital campaign. Digital. Look, look at all these effing packs here. 40 bucks. What's it? New Paniacs Assemble. What what is this for forty bucks? That's basically a digital copy of every book we published so far, which includes all our single issues and a full graphic novel, hundred page graphic novel. So it's it's almost four hundred pages of content for forty bucks. What? Yo, yeah, you can't even. You, there's no graphic novel in the world you could buy right now with that much content that will only cost you forty bucks. It doesn't exist. I better jack the price. Not consider omnibuses that cost a hundred bucks. I'm not giving you ideas, Keith, to up the price. You are, yeah. I'm gonna just double that price right now. Better jump on it. Oh man, folks, I'm sorry. That was my fault. You know, these people in masses. The way you know, yo, I'm gonna do it like this. Now, see, this is why you gotta grab it now before that happens. All right, make it happen, folks. Support, support, support. Then you got NPC jump for all four cover editions. If if you are a collector on that level that you gotta have them all like pokemon this is for you right here uh fuck yeah then we got the new paints yo who's the cover model there bro what happened there <laughs> that's my my partner in new pain tom nguyen oh uh, right. <laughs> and i just we, we took his face and we put it on uh, some skinny little girl's body and added the t-shirt just to you know i like to rim tom with different things that we do oh so that's that go. I mean, how did he feel when he saw that image? Oh, I, I, no comment. <laughs> it was a fun time, I'm sure. There we go. There we go. The remarkable jump. What is this? Yeah, this is a remarked version. I'm doing a bit of this with 10 remarks. Oh, so cool, some of those have been picked up already. There are more new painting access symbol, which is a limited quantity. And what a complete library available to 10 of you. Yeah, that's very different versions of our books. Oh, ooh, you hear that, folks? And jump over to the store. What are we talking about here? That's the retailer level. Hey, so you're talking about some print copies of this bad boy now? Yeah, you can stock your. Sh- if you got a comic shop, you can stock up right here. 
Uh, it's it's a sixty percent off cover price, I think. For the so old five, ten, fifteen books right here, different titles, great looking covers for a buck. I love when you guys do retailer campaigns, man. And thank you to that one retailer thus far that that, that has jumped on to show the love. Again, I, I know shops out here in Mass that definitely will, will be jump all over this type of stuff. What are you guys doing in regards to retailers and, sh- and trying to show off this particular level? Because, again, with these type of covers, they, that this is self-porn. I mean, what's going on? Is it difficult yeah. to access stores or, or what is it? I find it I find it difficult to access the retailers. I mean, I I know a bunch, and I try I try not to hit up the ones that I know. I don't want to be like that guy, like oh hey, come look at my campaign, you know. But so it's hard. A lot of guys don't like a lot of retailers don't like to support Kickstarter. I'm not sure why, but every once in a while, one will we'll jump in. They don't want to accept that as the new as one of the new distribution models. That's all. It's just yeah. Well, Kickstarter direct to consumer. Maybe it's competition for them. I don't know. Well, but you're offering retail levels. I mean, how the fuck? I mean, you're helping them to you know to offer it in their shop. I mean, again, of course you got to sell books at a con. What's the problem here? I mean, if a if a shop says they support indie and they ain't buying retail level from indie, then they're not. They don't really support indie. They're bullshitting. In my opinion, if I had a shop, shit, I have. A, I just, there's a shop in New York. I forget the name of it, but they they only stock indie, and they will only order big two for those that have it on subscription level, but not will not stock it on shelves. That's I awesome. think short sighted, huh? <laughs> yeah, you think that's short sighted? I think that's a good thing for indie. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I you know I misheard you. I apologize. My phone was ringing at the same time. <laughs> he, he got it backwards. Yeah, yeah what that. I'm saying is they, they stock indie on the walls, right? And yeah. subscribers that want big two, they, they'll get the big two books, but only for subscribers that oh, won't stock smart. big two on the walls. They only stock indie on walls. That, I like that a lot. That's why I, had, I had that completely backwards. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that's, no, what I'm that's, that's the way to do it, I feel. Because again, everybody wants their big two book. That's an entry point. Those are familiar characters. So let me offer this, you know, but listen, I'm not going to put it on the wall because it's you guys that are the future that matter because you guys are doing stories that, well, collectors are actually buying. <laughs> yeah. Let's get real here. I mean, that's, that's really good for that shop. I mean, I, I had some work appear in a, an independent publisher over the past year. I've had some stuff with them, and I went into my local comic shop here in Charlotte. It's a good size shop. It's a big shop. And I was like, hey, do you guys have, you know, Comic Book X? And they're like, no, we don't even carry anything from that company unless it's you know pre-ordered or special order wow and it's a pretty well-known company and i was like oh well okay well that's the shops i mean who do you blame there you know is it the shop you know are they being lazy they just want to go to 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 one source let me get my shit here this is what i'm saying there's very few far in between the real shops that support independent creation and creators at, at the end of the day because I know at least you know I I'm always gonna shout out my man Jay Rubber Chicken Comics. Uh, anytime I visited his shop, he had a wall full of indie comics. I mean indie indie, you know, not not no fucking labeled like yo local, you know, and stuff like out. Oh, this is love. This is what you're supposed to do. And stocking it, you know, in the same area as where the big twin premiere is, standing it side by side, you know, again showing the respect and love that indie 
creators should be getting, especially when they have a quality book. Like your joint should be fuck. You should would jump off the shelves with these covers. How fucking yeah? These are some self porn. Like I'm, like I said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I wish. And I also feel, you know, just as a reader, I think the the most creative, the best, most interesting comics are in the indie market now. Like the big two stuff bores me to tears. I think all the yeah. best ideas are coming from the indie side. Uh, agreed, a hundred. Because again, big two's not allowing you guys to create anyway. You know, it's not like they're giving you a piece of the action. So yeah, why would you want to create for them? There's no need to to ever bring an IP to a big company anymore. And uh, thank God for that. Yeah, exactly. Again, that's what I'm saying. The golden age of creators is like now. I mean, the opportunity for you to push your own IPs, the access with the technology at your fingertips, you know, and, and just the you know the level of collaboration on a worldwide scale. To fuck, bro. I mean, you're finding unknown talent. Like what you told me before, you have an Italian artist. How did you find this Italian artist? It wasn't in mass, right? Definitely <laughs> <laughs> wasn't in mass. It was a. Uh... How did I find Rafael? It was, uh, I think, through Heavy Metal when I was editing through Heavy Metal for a bit. Uh, I connected with him. And, uh, you know, I've never met a more positive human being in my life than than this kid. To the point where I was like, I could just go and work with this guy forever because he's just so happy. And, like, when okay. you surround yourself with happy, don't you feel happier yourself? Of course. And it, it, right? it, it, it's infectious and you work, especially like like this. Look at this right here, folks. You could even get original art rewards in this campaign, yo. What? Yeah, that's right. That's uh, my black and white art for my variant cover that I drew. Uh, Three fifty for some original art plus comics, guys. Come on, come on. It's cover art too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the pencils for Pat's variant right right there. Someone picked up Paul Palatio's cover a couple of days ago. Oh, fuck, bro. Of course. I mean, listen, all of these are going to be going before the end of this campaign for sure. Because who doesn't love original art? I mean, especially when art looks like this. I mean, look, these are all gone stuff already, folks. Too bad. You missed out. That's your loss because you didn't jump on early enough. Blame yourselves, guys. All right. But this campaign is what's popping. I mean, look at everything that they got going. Look at this, yo. Oof, look at those pencils. Fuck, bro. Yeah, white, bro. No disrespect to colors, because I'm just saying when I see some black, it's so gorgeous. And then when the colorist does, you know, smack on that color, it makes it pop. But just to see it in its raw form, sometimes you're like, wow, it's so crazy. The difference yeah. how you know a good colorist lays their fucking coloring on it, like how it couldn't put a picture, like what you rich, what you did here was fucking you murdered, you know, what you did. There's there's one good backer level that I don't think we've mentioned yet. One one part of it's already gone where you could pay to have the main character John named after you. His his secret identity, you know, it could be John Smith or whatever it is you want to name him. That's already gone. Where we at? Where we at? We did I skip that? Where we at? Well, it's, it's probably I think it's at the bottom because somebody already took it. But you can still name uh, the the, the purple alien warrior girl. Oh, there you go. Yeah, she's cool. still a main character. That's still up for grabs. You could have that, you know, named after your your daughter, your wife, your girlfriend, or whatever. Oh, really? Or oh, after your dog or your cat, you know? Yeah. Name it after you. You, have, you could finally have a, a superhero cat named Kibbles. You know, a superhero <laughs> named Kibbles. You know, some shit. You know. I yeah. think there must be one already, but if not, I'm gonna make it. 
<laughs> I mean, that's going on the drunken monkey next issue. <laughs> I mean, kills the, ca- the 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 cat samurai or some shit. Yeah, bro. Let's, let's make it serious, bro. All right, meow, motherfuckers. That's how he goes. That's his catchphrase. All right, so yeah, motherfuckers. motherfuckers. <laughs> I'll scratch your fucking eyes out. I want to have a fucking funny ass accent. But fuck, look, this Kickstarter campaign is live right now. Live right now. Okay? 21 days to go. 21 days, that means one of you is getting paid in one of these three weeks. <laughs> uh, that you're out of watching. So, again, no excuses to support amazing independent and their campaigns. And again, a big salute to you 83 backers, man. You know, thank you for you know, showing love to and recognizing amazing independent creators that are sharing some fire. I mean, you saw that video. And if you didn't, look, the Kickstarter link is on screen, but not just on screen. It's below. Click away. Check out the video. See for yourself. Keep rewinding and be like, damn, that f- fucking art and coloring and everything is fire. I need to have this on my, my shelf. You know what I mean? Yes, you know, I will move some toys over to make room for a book like that. Absolutely. Wow. You know what I mean? That's a huge compliment right there. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, yeah. Skeletor, Skeletor, I'll give you some reading material. Don't you worry, Skeletor. I'll take care of I mean, And Megs, you know what I mean? Everybody will have a book. Everybody get a book. All right? Everybody get this book, though. Most importantly, that's what it is. And, of course, please follow my big homie, Keith, on Instagram at the pretentious Keith Champagne. As well as at New Pain Productions. Follow Rich on Instagram at Rich Stank, DV Art as well, and Facebook. All the links are below. Very simple. Click away. You know what I mean? Show the love. Support indie. Support comic book creators. Now, guys, before we go, last questions. Start off with Rich. Are you doing any conventions this year or it's a wrap? For you. Uh, right now, I've got one more scheduled. It'll be early December, I think, either December 10th or 11th, somewhere in there. But anyway, it's the Charlotte Comic Con. It's actually in Concord, North Carolina, but it's just outside of Charlotte. It's great. It's a one day show. It's on a Sunday. It, it is a awesome, fantastic one day show. It's a huge ballroom in a convention center that they've been filling for several years now. I've been doing it. They've been great. Rick and Dave, who put it on, are fantastic. Tons of comics toys they've got a little bit of everything but it is a, it's a really good one day show and what's your booth number in case people want to know i don't have a booth number yet but they they have an artist alley on one end of the hall okay. and I, I think they're putting me where i was last time so once you hit artist alley on the far left of the hall i should be straight ahead at the far end there you go so you heard it folks he gave you directions don't be bushing yeah go turn left turn right and go straight ahead <laughs> exactly. So before you buy anything, go to go to his table and buy all of Rich's stuff, and then you can hit the rest of the con in peace, knowing that that's, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Right? Yeah. That sounds like a plan. Yeah, hey, what right. about you, Keith? Any cons uh, coming up, or, or, or it's a wrap for you? No, I have a couple left this year. I got one in Boxborough, Massachusetts, after Thanksgiving that weekend, and then one in Pennsylvania the first weekend of uh, December. And then okay. that's a wrap for my year. I mean, I'll take a few months off and start doing shows again next March. Excellent. Excellent. Three months off the road. 
Excellent. All right. There we go, folks. And then what's up with the campaign after this one? You guys are going to do another one after this? What's the plan? Yeah, in, in uh, January, the double-sized conclusion to my my project Daybreak is, is going to hit Kickstarter. It's going to be it's going to end up being probably about sixty-two pages altogether for the for the final issue in terms of you know pinups and a backup story, and then the forty-eight page main story. And I've you know everyone that's read Daybreak loves Daybreak, and I'm excited to get the conclusion out there and people can get the complete story. Excellent, 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 excellent! I can't wait to. Guys, you guys are murdering it. Dope project. Everybody support in these support this fire project. Support these individuals. You already heard where they're gonna be at. If you didn't listen, just rewind. Right after this is done. <laughs> just rewind again and listen where they're gonna be at. Get get the get them signatures, get everything, you know, and don't just support them, of course. After you see them, go support the rest of those aisles and those amazing independent creators and and check out what they got going. Because again, India is where it's at, mi gente. All right. And with that, I'm out mega with my big homie Keith and Rich. Support. Thank you. New pay two in one, baby. You know what it is. Woo. Thank Thanks. you, guys. Thank you, Al. Appreciate it. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Wepa! Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 